0: You're a genius Josh Khan you're a genius that song you're a
1: genius, Josh Conn. You You're a genius. Josh Conn, you are a genius. You're, You're a genius. Gen- and and, and yeah. with, with the ability to do this all acapella, just you and the silence, just creating musical rhythms from every angle with your voice and the piano and earlier the electric guitar, it's mystifying. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, could you, you want to do anything with drums? you want any drum instrumentals? you want to go crazy with some drums in the back? I mean, we got the technology. I mean,
2: sure. What do you want? Anything.
0: Sam okay. just, you know, Buddy Rich. Sam just wants to put on some rap background so he yeah,
2: can rap. Yeah, my time just tell me when wants to, to stop.
1: do his. Rap. I asked, no, I asked J W. Blunt to do this for me all the time, which is like play any instrument to Buddy Rich's drums. I really want to see if it can be done. You want Buddy Rich on the drums, Josh? Let's do it.
2: Yeah, pipe it in here. Just make sure it's
3: loud enough. Yep. Boom! Yeah.
1: I got you. I got you, Josh. like a simple beat.
2: Yep. It's like four on the floor. All right. This is like He needs a little
0: pocket. Can you give him some pocket?
2: Can can you give him some some pocket
0: drums? You know, when you just play the pocket? It's like quiet just play the pocket. You
1: want a little bit of electric guitar to go along with this? Yeah. Just beat. All right. Just beat. All right. All right.
0: Are we sure people haven't moved in upstairs?
1: Yeah, yeah, they move in tomorrow. (laughs) All right, Josh. Josh, this is gonna be very grooving. This is gonna be very grooving for you. Groove me, baby.
2: You, you, you ready for the groove? Groove me, baby. All
1: right, groove it.
0: He'll go one on one. Watch out! He'll fuck your face. His name's Josh Caudy. He's got some not racist jokes. (laughs) I was gonna say.
1: (laughs) He's a clean man behind the mic in the stand. Crank it. Oh, you have so
0: many talents I can't mix up the beat.
1: Mix up the beat, Josh. Now just turn it up. All right, turn the beat up. I'm deaf.
4: When you
5: were
3: be before,
5: couldn't look in the eye. too hot. Just like an angel. Skin makes me cry. Flown like a feather. In a beautiful. I special, wish I was special, who's evergreen? <laughs>
1: Room, dad. I'm in your room now. But I'm
5: changing. What the hell am I doing here? I don't know, dad. You're drunk. No, I'm not. I don't belong here. Dad, I made you four Makers
1: and Jacks tonight. It's not even a I'm soda a creep. in
2: that. Hey, son, I'm a
3: creep.
1: Why you like mixing Makers and Jack, dad?
5: It's abnormal. I'm <laughs> I feel like someone's gonna blackmail me with this. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Dad, who is the tennis coach that Every comes over time to time our house? Mom doesn't it. even play tennis. Me Said son, you better shut up.
5: You better not tell your mom the
2: me gay me that I look at while she is with a friend
0: His
1: name's Jose.
0: Everyone's canceled.
1: He walks around the house naked. That was
0: Yay! Look, we made a song. Woo! Weird. <laughs> see how we, that was, isn't that that was see how far yeah, we,
2: we, we, you see how far Josh Con went with <laughs> that before we got weird? <laughs> so that's, yeah, you got to go pretty far to get me to feel. Like I know weird. you, you, you being weird made
1: me go weird, Josh. Just want you, Dude, just want you know. Me, you topped me in more ways. You than were talking one. to me in
2: that. I, I, said I'm sorry. Topped, I was he, so turned on being the dad he, in your little room. He
0: topped
2: you. You topped me topped in more this. ways than one. Yeah, he, That's a pun right. about butt sex.
0: And that also works with dads.
3: <laughs> oh my God.
0: <laughs> Can you imagine a dad bottom? That would be weird. You know, you know, hey, 12-year-old kids, thumb your limp dick into my ass. Like, how does that work?
1: Josh, you like those drum beats? I I like that beat. That was cool. We can switch it up, too. You know, they polled a bunch of straight white men, and they were asked, if you were gay, would you be a top or a bottom? 95% of them said top.
2: Really? Straight, really. Men. straight men did. Really? Straight men. Yeah, Said they'd they be a top. Yeah, because they they can just pretend that it's a vagina. But in the gay world, tops are valued because in the gay world, everyone's, a bi- according to my- gay A roommate. top comes with the apartment. Really? That's kind of the thing there. <laughs> That's included. No deposit, just included.
0: Coming from the economic standpoint- What if, what if standpoint, I just trash
2: it? What if I just it has... leave it in way worse condition than I found him?
0: No, it absolutely makes sense. That you use equality. your sexuality for c- cash.
2: I mean, you know, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm celibate. I celibate, and I give a little bit away. Ah, ah,
0: <laughs>
1: we should make prostitution. Be- be- there, be- that, that leads us into our our uh, our next little riff here. We're gonna switch up the drum beat a little bit. We're gonna give this guy what he has always wanted, which is more groove rock. It's more groove rock.
5: She hides me mm-hmm. like <laughs> <her glasses> <laughs> <when> <laughs> a pastime when I am weak. I've been locked inside your heart-shaped box yeah, for yeah. weeks. I've <laughs> been drawn in. Jack
2: box.
1: I got a box shaped heart, son. It's a regular. It beats palpaletically. I'm getting hot. You, know, you want me to talk more about my my box? Yeah? I think it's appropriate. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a it's got warrants on it. It's, fun, it's lots of fungi. Yeah. Fungi. I'm a scientist. I say okay, fungi.
5: Sam Carroll's got some cheese down on taint
1: my taint y'all
5: i don't know what exactly sam carroll is but i know minotaur. what he ain't cyclops he's the guy that tops me when i get on grinder two or three times a year you don't even shower before baby come on Everybody a top shower. only shower for clients. Who do you think you are? You don't even make a lot of money. Hey, wait, I got a new complaint. complaint. For forever in debt to Sam's this advice. Hey, wait, I got a new complaint. Forever in debt to your priceless
1: I wish you would get that piano out of my room.
0: (laughs) Heart-shaped box. Like, I want to put Josh Kahn's heart in a box, and I want to mail that box to myself, and when it arrives, I want to smash it with a hammer! Because I love him that much.
2: Tell me what I'm out of (laughs) time.
1: Gosh, I just want to congratulate you. That, you just recorded our new hook for the Donate At spot.
3: <laughs>
2: that was amazing. Dude, it's going to be like amazing. J.G. Wentworth, Cars for Kids, and Me.
3: Can like you, the can three you do nominees those vine- for
2: Jingle of the Year. Can you do
1: those vinegar stroke sounds just one more time just so we can really nail those in? I, I definitely want to include that on the last part. Just the oh,
5: oh,
0: oh, 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 better donate. This is Clem Vandango. if you could just redo that one more time.
1: Josh, that was amazing, baby. We love you in the studio. You get mad props back (laughs) here. Josh, you're so talented. Josh, we love you so much, baby. Just keep doing what you're doing. Light
5: shampoo.
1: (laughs)
2: That doesn't really work. <laughs> what? Okay, wait, in cut your the beat head? for a second. Cut the beat for a second. I thought, he is cut. I thought that Johnson and Johnson oh, should always have collaborated with Ozzy Osbourne to do the No More Tears Johnson and Johnson baby shampoo. Like, can't you just picture the commercial? Like, the kids are, like don't want to go to bed and they're all covered in like spaghetti sauce <laughs> and mud and the mom's chasing them around and it's like it's like a yeah. Na, 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 nah. You know, the kids are boom, boom, doo boom, boom, doo boom.
5: You want to get your cast in the back of the school. And,
2: the, you know, it just, whatever the lyrics, and then it rounds out with. Do
0: you play? Oh, I think this
2: is a franchise Do you also play
0: didgeridoo? Because there can't be a instrument that you Boy, don't didgeridoo y-
2: don't. Y- 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 you know, like. I have a didgeridoo. Here it is. D- <laughs>
0: i was do not like i was i was just i was trying to make a joke about have, how you play oh. a billion fucking things
2: i have, things. A, I have a harmonica too well i'm not surprised i mean
1: god i just want to hop on a freight train and go nowhere <laughs> <laughs> anyone else anyone else know what i'm talking about freight trains That go nowhere baby they go nowhere just like you and me we're going nowhere there's a reason they call it one night. I fuck you and you never call me again. Sorry, that was too that No, was too when you dirty. don't get
0: her number, it just, it just works out that way. <laughs> Opportunity yeah, zero fucks. Again, your yeah, zero fucks. Zeros, ones, and ones, and zeros. I, you're ones ones are- like a <laughs> I call
1: you and we never fuck again because you didn't pick up the first time. <laughs> we fuck zero times. <laughs>
2: Okay, <laughs> that lasted you pretty quick. Are you on to a certain oh no so here's the thing Pam actually owns the studio it's crazy <laughs> whoa you own this place yeah. that must be such like only fun and not a huge responsibility at it's, all you're right you're actually so right sure that's exactly just, how it is I'm sure you just wake up in a lollipop bed and just shit gumdrops as you fly down here to the station you have no cares in the world
1: they propel her into the heavens of which is yeah, owning a it's radio lucrative. station
2: it's highly lucrative the gumdrop shit well it.
0: you know funny enough I actually shit gumdrops because I only walk here to the. The station now so okay. walking five miles a day will actually make you shit gumdrops i don't know if anybody knows yeah. that it'll make but you- uh working out makes your whole life or just i don't know like being
1: do you I mean, work out
0: no i walk everywhere. everywhere i'm like no it's like it's fucking no one watches alone except me and now rachel hear,
2: I mean, yeah i've heard jokes about positive mental
0: attitude pma baby Surviving, surviving is all PMA, and you know we're not surviving. They're out in the wilderness with no water. You have to process water. What the fuck
2: does that mean? What do they what? What do you? What I know do you have them? to process they water. They drop you there in the middle of nowhere.
0: They, it, there's this show where they put you out in the middle of nowhere and you have oh ten- alone. Alone. Alone
1: is the best show ever.
0: It's the best. You
1: Alone. Your... All right, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna sit tight for a little bit. Insane
0: about it. I'm sit tight. I. I got to interview Wania, the second place season six yeah. person. She was out there for yeah, seventy three cool. days. I talked to her for an hour Dude, on the phone. Dude, that's amazing
2: to it, just be in the same room with was, somebody who's it, done we,
0: that. We just we just talked on the phone, but it was amazing. that show is crazy. I asked her it's questions about masturbation. I was like, you Everybody were out there for seventy three days, and no one's asked her that question yet. Ha ha ha. Amazing. And I was like. So you were out there for like, it was the last question I asked her before our our hour-long interview. You can hear it on Mutiny Radio. We'll uh, play it after. And I was like, oh, Wania, like, um, so I, I told her I came to this show because, um, I don't watch porn, but I, um, have some fetishes. I like bearded lumberjacks. I also have a lacrimation fetish. I like to watch men cry. So." alone is perfect because it's it's lumbered and and i used to have an eating disorder so like watching men starve and cry in the wilderness with fucking beards is so hot to me and so i was like i came to alone as like a masturbation project project and then there were girls on it and i'm like oh shit do i have to like switch team do i have to like open up do i have to become pansexual and i was like all right fine like and there's wolves and you're like whoa i want to fuck the wolves too but it's it's like what we're in the arctic what so when survived for 73 days and but i asked her about like i was like hey so you you sang the sun up every day and you danced the sun down every night But like, did you have like sexy times or what was going on? And she was like, well, you know, in the beginning, yeah, I was communing with the earth and stuff. And then once you start starving, that just doesn't even become a thing. And I was like, all right, all right, all right, fair enough. But uh, no one had asked her that question before about masturbation uh, on that
2: thing. Yes, if you're a guy contestant, that's, you know, I I feel like. I don't mean to be sexist or anything, but like for a guy, it's like you know you're you're losing a lot of zinc every time, and in nature. Yeah, know. don't don't waste your resources. But also, what if you eat it
0: though? But also, there's now that's a good question. You got to eat your own gist. But also, because you've for got the a lot of people are fishing, and you could fuck a big mouth bass. Yeah, just stick on, oh, get right in the big mouth bass, a right, Billy the big mouth get bass. bass, get bass. it in, baby, dude. Well, I asked. I asked Wania questions about masturbation because I masturbate to alone, but I guess the people that are alone aren't masturbating a lot. That's pretty much what came out of the conversation at the end of the thing. (laughs) But no, I'm on this alone group. So um, Rachel and I are going to start this new podcast that's going to be alone San Francisco. Like we've been dropped off here, like an Uber dropped me off. I got dropped off in the Tenderloin and I have a tarp. I have a tarp and I need to find shelter. (laughs) <laughs> right i one of my 10 items is a lighter because you know what like i don't a ferro rod i don't know what kind of anyways if we're gonna she's gonna be dropped off 5.5 miles away from me in uh, golden gate park and i'm surviving in the tenderloin and she's surviving in golden gate park and we're, we were going to film it, but we realized that neither of us can film anything and we have no ability for that. To, so we're like, let's do a podcast.
2: <laughs>
0: we can do that.
2: You do know, so if you're lost in San Francisco, like one of the things should be you like find a human shed on the sidewalk. And you're like, you know, this actually gives off valuable BTUs of heat. And the, well, the sun is setting and I need to warm myself on this, if, fresh, here's on this the thing. fresh hobo dookie.
0: Here's what I learned from a, a Boy Scout. If your poop floats in water, you can eat it again.
2: And he knew this.
0: I don't know. He was a Boy Scout.
2: He's always prepared. I <laughs> have
0: learned. I have learned as a Girl Scout all of the different plants that are edible. We're in San Francisco. There is uh, fennel rampant, rampant fennel everywhere. Fennel mm, pollen delicious. that you can. Let's kill. How about this? How about I kill a pigeon and I spice it with fennel, fennel mm. pollen? Yes, because mm. you know a pigeon is squab, and that's what the French people eat. Ha, 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 ha. So I'm gonna get the fresh mission pigeons and mm. I'm gonna I'm all you know what there's fig trees. There's a fig tree right up here on twenty-second and uh Florida and it's all on the side of their house. I'm gonna take those figs, I'm gonna murder a pigeon, I'm gonna stuff its body cavity with those figs and some like Stuffed like it. and the fennel, the fennel is right down there too. Mm. I'm gonna take the fennel from the inside, I'm gonna stick it in the bird, and I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap now here's here's the Danish thing you take the newspaper and you which is everywhere right the sf gate is everywhere and sure. nobody actually reads it people sleep on it you nay you get it wet and then you wrap the bird in it with all the stuff inside and then you throw it on the fire and when it crinkles down the wet the wet newspaper when it crinkles down and it's right around the bird you take it off and then you eat the bird
2: <laughs> the, I'm hungry now man I
0: know
6: right
2: great with the fennel No and no it's, it's It's delicious
0: COVID's upon us And the apocalypse Has been around for years Any And I've been preparing source? Since my birth I am so ready for this shit to go down right now and I can kill pigeons and I can denature protein over heat. All, everyone's going to die because they're going to be like, oh, my Uber depth doesn't work. I don't know how to live without a cell phone and I can't. And I'm going to be making fires and killing pigeons and eating like a fat bitch. What?
7: Fuck yeah.
0: <laughs> like... <laughs> It's time for me to survive in San Francisco. I don't need to go to the Arctic. I don't need to go there and fight wolves. Nay.
2: Or fuck wolves.
0: Well, fuck a wolf. No, you come say you on you to fuck
2: the wolves? Or no, whatever. I don't
0: want to fight them. They're crazy. Okay.
2: <laughs> I hear they serve vegan pigeon at Gracias Madre, actually. Oh,
0: dear Lord, vegan pigeon. <laughs> no, you know who makes the best? It's actually tempeh. The, uh, right, the best tempeh is made in uh, fucking Chinatown. At those places, they make a crazy mock chicken. You oh, can yeah. get it to go. It's mock crazy. Mock duck,
2: mock chicken. That stuff's bomb mm. mm. You know where they don't make good tempeh? Tempeh, Arizona, ironically <laughs> enough. No good tempeh. I've tried every place that manufactures tempeh <laughs> within the city limits. It is disgusting.
0: Josh Codd. He's so <laughs> ben quick and clever. <laughs> We've all been drinking all night. And of course we haven't been because we're here at muni Radio. We were car snuck. We Actually, we were, but the doors were closed the whole time. We were closed to the public. Hey, I know the rules. I took the classes. We were closed to the public the whole time. And nobody. We were. It was yes, only comics. Yes, we were. There'd be a- things in front of the door.
2: It was only I comics. know
0: the rules.
2: And we're clo- and this is a
0: private story. party. Yeah. We're closed to
2: the public. Nothing is open. It's COVID. This is not a public assembly. This is a private meeting. This is nothing. It's a private meeting of Okay, mine. well
0: let's have fun now. We're going to let you stop playing piano. We're going to cool. let me stop having to work this way and we're going to play some music. Fun. This was fun. Josh, Khan, you're amazing. You're so talented in so you're many amazing, ways Pam. and it's I incredible. Love, love and it's like, "Yay." I'm like, when am I going to read your novel, motherfucker?" Blah 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 blah. Oh, exactly. Just because if you were going to have another medium that you hadn't touched yet. You got a, you got some poems. You're hate <laughs> me.
2: Yeah, you'll you'll hate reading my my short stories. Oh, oh,
0: before we before we end, let me do a poem. I, I mentioned earlier that um, I have a beard fetish, mostly because I was <laughs> raised on Jesus, and he has a beard. No, he's a hot beard. He's in here. He's got a hot. Oh my God, Jesus, a 33 year old man with a beard. I mean, stop it. Praise like, him. are you kidding? Praise, praise him. Him. Does he skateboard too? Like, get him. Mm. How I can Jesus? Kiss. I love Jesus. Okay, so this is this is a poem. Okay. There's a city in your beard. Rows of tiny houses, filled with clever pundits, whispering how to live, confusing my fingers when I dig for skin, gardening invisible bonsai. I'll keep reaching till I find your jaw, longing to rent in your ghetto. Thank you, That's a poem, it's a Ben it Benjamin poem. Burr, 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 burr. I didn't expect
2: to be all mooned.
0: Okay, so I used to write these poems and I called them my nonce. A nonce is when you write poems that are in your own specific idiom. So I was doing seven line poems that had, so that last one, Beard, was a seven line poem. I'll do just do one more. Okay, I don't remember what it's called, but I remember the poem. Yeah, this was all funny because I can remember all kinds of jokes, and I can still remember all kinds of poems, so I'm like, oh, girl, your brain is so big. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) right? like, ah! Okay. The deepest, darkest walk of shame is 13 blocks forever. Wait, 13 blocks and seven wide, your feet won't darken the doorframe. I'll keep smoking, praying not to brave the rain. Your doorbell's been broken for years. Oh, that one isn't as good as the first. No, it's it's it's, it's it's not not
3: better or worse. I'm
0: just like, oh, unrequited love is weird and hard and gross. (laughs) Has anybody ever thrown rocks at someone's window like Bobby Brady? Because I fucking did that. Like I fucking fucked it up in the I think of the night, some of these semi- seven million homes made... that you have should become. They didn't break the window, but I did. Bobby Brady that shit. Bobby Brady did. Okay, no I don't more throw poems. Rocks I anymore. would do another poem, but I won't do another poem. We need to close this down so that I can have fun, so I don't yeah. have to be behind the board. So I'm gonna. Thank you, Josh Khan. You're, you, you're amazing. I'm gonna. Amazing. I'm gonna. I'm going to cut out the songy part at the end and send it to you. And it was amazing. Oh yeah. Do it. Life is good. COVID sucks. I don't know what it means. Is it real? Who cares? I got a pile of weed in front of me. All right. This is mutiny SF. Bye. In Fresno, California. So the Mexican passengers bodies were never repatriated some families in mexico were notified by the mexican government via letter others only heard about it on the radio it's unclear exactly how
3: Thank you.
7: tuning in okay that's much better uh yeah thanks so much for tuning in and last friday was a bit of a rough day and glad to be back here again and be sharing more information for you all today taking a deep breath in we are broadcasting live from mutiny radio and mutiny radio is on please go to weeklyrev.org, and on the Land Acknowledgement tab, we have a lot of resources, places to donate, uh, more like history, uh, mutual aid, maps of the lands you're living on, indigenous lands that you're living on, and what we know as the United States, as well as a thread of Native news outlets. So please, again, go to weeklyrev.org and click on the Land Acknowledgement tab. Starting off s- with some music, uh, remembering Rose Wong, who an artist, and much more, and um, sending lots of love out to Rose's friends and family and memories of her. And this is, I'll uh, we'll post a link to this album, Highline Songs by Ip Wong on Bandcamp. I'll we'll post a link to that. And difficult to, to find the words. beautiful music. So have some new stories and action items, and uh, as per usual, the world is frightening and quite disturbing. And, uh, there are ways that folks can show up. And constant reminder. That I'd like to share here. So last week had a lot of technical difficulties. I was quite embarrassed, and heard a lot about this interview and really wanted the words to get out there and had to restart it a couple of times and then was cut off at the end. It was just, oh, it was one of those days. So I wanted to replay it in full today and also provide some more information on our website as well uh, about CART, which is the organization that Adriana and I uh, speak about. So here is uh, an interview I did a couple weeks ago with uh, Adriana Camarena and we talk about CART as well as a few other things and really important organization of folks many folks who have come together to provide alternatives to calling the police which is so needed and necessary so this talk is maybe about 32 minutes and then we have a little extra snippet afterwards and after that i will check back in play some more music and then we've got some more news items to share with you all and also on our website, weeklyrev.org. I'll keep on plugging it. Uh, we have like a lot of links there, so some of the items that we mentioned in this interview as well as uh, cart, we have a link to their page so you can find a way to get involved. Great. So, uh, here we go. Thanks for joining us. If you'd please uh, like to introduce yourself to our listeners.
8: Sure. Um, and Thanks for having me on. Uh, my name is Adriana Camarena. Uh, I am with... I work with the family of Luis Gongorapat with our organization, Justice and Honor for Luis Gongorapat. Luis was homeless at the time that he was murdered by two San Francisco police officers on April 7th, 2016. And um, a a few months back, uh, I think it was almost a year back, we started conversations about this, but uh, we joined up with a broad coalition of organizations who responded to a call from the police. It actually came from from the police commission to establish an alternative response to homelessness.
3: Mm-hmm.
8: Uh, and this is how I joined up with this group that has now recently put out a report, a uh, community plan for a compassionate alternative response team to end policing of homeless populations.
7: Yes, yeah. I was looking at the website, which folks can find at cartsf.org, and there's a there's a there's a, lot, there's a lot there, and it's also definitely long overdue. And really grateful for all the folks who have put it together. So I thought we could just maybe start talking about the the summary. I it looked like that folks were going around actually talking with folks who are unhoused about what's needed for them, um, which of course is the best way to go about things. So I thought maybe we could start there and talk about how the the plan came into being.
8: Sure. And um, yeah, and, and just as a broad overview, so we see where the community survey comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, uh, we did a community survey with unhoused um, neighbors to understand what they would like to see in the compassionate alternative response and the team that they would like to see happening. And we also did a lot of background research into what other programs exist mm. and did our own research also with the city, uh, separate to that, um, with the Department of Emergency Management in particular, to understand how calls come in, how they could be diverted to a new response. So that's kind of like the broad strokes of the the project. But the survey specifically, um, it is really interesting because we learned um, that one of the primary, of course, our unhoused populations have suffered a lot of police abuse, especially... Uh, related even to the contact that happens between the DPW uh, responding to encampments accompanied by police. And um, and they would obviously benefit and want an alternative response to policing. Um, so one of the first things that they would love to see is, you know, more resources so that they yes. can get out of a condition of home- homelessness. Right, right. Right? Um, but the other thing that very strongly came up is that they would also uh, inform us about who they would want to have on the team responding, and they do w- would ask that people who have actually experienced conditions of homelessness mm-hmm. be part of these teams. Yes. Mm-hmm. So those are uh, some of the things that that we learned from the survey, um, and they also help shape the some of our core values around. Um, making sure that there was a, there was a compassionate uh, response that we um, made sure to en- engage towards providing resources in those contacts, um, and that it should be you know a free of charge, confidential, voluntary, mm-hmm. non threatening, non punitive, and life affirming process for people uh, who are engaged. Um, And part of the question around having people who, and I'll go a little bit into the the specific services that we would like to see, but Mm -hmm. they were also very interested in making sure that part of the process is around educating people who are actually calling the police.
3: Yes,
7: (laughs) yes, yes.
8: So that's around the community survey, right? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and, And making sure that they get the assistance that they need rather than, Enter another process of criminalization,
7: right? Right.
8: Mm-hmm.
7: Yes, it's certainly frustrating. I've like run out of the the words to use, but just how frustrating it is to see people uh, want to further criminalize folks who are unhoused. It's just so it's disgusting, is what it is.
8: It is, and you know, it kind of um, it's a little bit of a segue into the research we did on dispatch, mm-hmm. um, because. We, we knew that what we needed to do is um, engage uh, from the point of, of public answering of 911 calls. We needed to catch calls that would be a good for the programming, for a new alternative response. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how much um, listeners may know about this dispatch, but we learned a lot. <laughs>
3: yes.
8: and, um, and general calls are are separated out into what they call A, B, and C priorities. And mm-hmm. what it really means is like it's a, a grade of how urgent the response needs to be. Uh, the target time for an A priority response time has to be seven minutes. You know, for mm-hmm. a B priority has to be 20 minutes. And for a C priority is an hour. So there's more flexibility. So based on also other programs that exist, we knew that um, we were actually looking initially at the C priority calls. And then we started looking at the data with the Department of Emergency Management, and 45% of the calls, C-priority calls, come in on a range of issues that um, what they call 917 calls, which are uh, suspicious person, uh, 916 (sighs) suspicious vehicle, 601s, which are trespassing. And you also have others, uh, the 919s, which are the CIT li- law ordinance. These are your, uh, uh, the, your, the bulk of your C priority calls, right? The 45% of these calls. Uh-huh. And so when they did a sampling of like the 601s and 917 calls, they realized that they, they are actually the, like 50% to the two thirds of those calls are homelessness related. So, when you talk about a 601 call trespassing, what it may actually mean, a C priority call, is someone sleeping in a doorway. Mm. Or, or when you uh, have a, a call about a 917 suspicious person, it might just be a homeless person on the street. Yes. And so though that became really interesting to us because right now, um, the city, I should say, has initiated a program also called the Street Crisis Program. Um, uh, response team or intervention team. Uh, it's called uh, SCREET. Okay. And, and what it does, it operates out of the um, it operates out of the um, fire department, but mm. it only responds to 800 calls, which are the mental health calls. Mm. So, what we're suggesting that this new program do is that we should have our own hotline also, but also get 911 calls diverted both from the overflow
3: Yes.
8: Street calls But also this other n- number of calls That I've been mentioning Which we could really provide an alternative response Rather than the police showing up In situations where they can't actually do anything
7: Right anything, and, anything often, good. <laughs> and oftentimes make it worse
8: And oftentimes escalate Wrongly escalate yes. Um, yes. It, it Damage people's lives Because they criminalize them further They don't give them the support they need They traumatize them and as you know, and I've even heard officers say that they shouldn't be the ones responding to to homelessness-related incidents. So, there, I I, I believe that there's a lot of space around these calls to create an alternative response.
7: Yeah, definitely.
8: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And. Um, I don't know. You, you tell me, Roman, uh, how you want to do this, but I can oh. go on and on, you know? <laughs>
7: oh, I'm, ha- I'm happy to listen. There's so much to learn. So wherever you feel like you'd like to go next, we could talk about how you became involved with CART um, as a start.
8: Sure. Well, as, a, as I was introducing myself at the beginning, I have worked with the family of Luis Pat since he was killed in 2016. And Luis um, was a Mayan indigenous um, worker, who had fallen in, into a condition of homelessness after he was evicted from his house, and the circumstances are un, kind of un, unknown about mm. how that happened. Um, but from all that we know is that Luis was just sitting on the ground when um, police got involved because they said they somebody saw a knife on him. And it actually, it's a more complicated story, but just to give the context of how I got um, involved, but... They arrived and he was just sitting on the ground and within 28 seconds, they fired beanbag weapons and and firearm bullets and they killed him. Mm -hmm. So I got involved because we've been um, speaking with his family, with his brother Jose, his cousin Luis, um, for a very long time to create change. Mm -hmm. And so it was a natural fit for us to want to participate in the development of alternatives to policing around homelessness. And we joined up with the... uh, Coalition on Homelessness, but there are also a broad variety of of partners and you can find them all on our page. Yes, yes. Glide and um, the Community Housing Partnership, there's this uh, Lawyers uh, Committee for Civil Rights, uh, Code Tenderloin, and many other organizations um, uh, that have participated in the development of this community plan. Mm -hmm. Um, And right now I should probably pitch that if anybody's interested, they should uh, look at the uh, at the cartsf.org website and find the email that you can write and say, "I want to be part of the launching of this campaign um, to have uh, to to have an alternative response to policing." But that's how I got involved, and then it was it was the process was very very engaging and engaged multiple people multiple organizations. It was yes. it was an amazing process where you're like you collaborate and get things done. It was, but um, I ended up on the dispatch uh, subcommittee, but there were mm-hmm. uh, subcommittees for precisely the research uh, part that I can tell you a little bit more about researching other programs that sure. were the people who did the community survey. And there's a communications team that set up the website and did, and is actually leading, uh, leading us in, the, in our campaign right now to get city support to okay. make CART happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so just a few more details around the research piece. Uh, that's really interesting is that we learned that from looking at other programs that there are two kind of elements and it matches up with what our unhoused population was saying in their survey mm-hmm. which is that the service that CART should provide similar to and the primary model if people haven't heard about it is CAHOOTS which has been operating in Portland for like thir- for 30 years oh. um, And there are some other new efforts in Denver and and here and there that um, also informed our project. Uh, But they do two things. And one is to provide a response to persons in crisis uh, and also provide community strengthening services. So the persons in crisis response is that the team that goes out there actually has first aid and non-emergency medical service training. They they provide uh, substance addiction referrals and resources. Uh, they uh, transportation uh, to hospitals and service providers if needed. they are skilled in deescalation intervention, and interpersonal conflict resolution and can provide street counseling and mental health uh, referrals. they also are trained in suicide prevention um, so but ref- being knowledgeable about the resources at hand and being able to refer people to those resources is a big part of of the piece. and then the other part is um community strengthening which actually means having uh, having a role in educating people who are calling the police uh, mm-hmm. on unhoused populations and the idea is to create neighborhoods of compassionate responders and and the most important thing as many people have already pointed out having allowing them to have an option because if you don't have yes. an option it all ends up going back to 911 and never right. never leaves no yeah um, and so as part of this, uh, you know, the, it's working with community, working with uh, unhouse populations, and also working with the city authorities who are getting this call so that eventually we also identify uh, these group of calls of which we also plan to expand over time with mm-hmm. careful thought and, and analysis um, in terms of what we are learning continuously. Um but it is an idea of like stop seeing them as policing calls, which you know police come from a, a mindset of a criminalization, and mm-hmm. actually start seeing them um, as medical responses or health right. responses to a street situation. Already, the 800 number is mm-hmm. being ass- assigned. Uh, sorry, 800 dispatch code is being assigned an alternative medical dispatch code called 25, 25 Alpha Zero so that right now um, these calls that are being answered by uh, skirt I, I think they call themselves sk- skirt and not scre- <laughs> skirt, skirt um, that the city response team is actually getting both codes and eventually the idea is that you only use a medical code so we'll be we're suggesting that we will be working with the the part of emergency management so that these C priority calls right now that are You know, 601 trespasser, 917, uh, uh, a suspicious person, are more adequately adequately coded um, Mm to reflect the situation of a person under a severe situation of human rights violation already (laughs) who needs support. (laughs) No? Um, So that's a little bit more of what I can tell you about the research bit. And I guess... um, a question that also comes up often is like, what what does it cost? What will this cost? And so right now, based on other programs, um, we are considering that this will be a $6.8 million project. Mm-hmm. Um, and the city for this uh, project already has on reserve um, a $2 million budget. Because it was discussed from the from the sorry, and I said I think I said the police commission had issued a resolution. It's the board of supervisors who had issued uh, a resolution calling for mm-hmm. an alternate response. And so they are holding this fund. And so now what we would like to see happen, especially as we face our police response and phase in part, is that we would want that that alternative response be funded from police. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, budgets, no, like take that budget from the police and give it to this new program,
7: <laughs> definitely. And there's plenty
8: of it, there's plenty of it, and this is just really literally a drop in the bucket. But of yes. course, we're not stopping there. What we are standing by is that we need less policing in general, and that mm-hmm. police budget should be cut significantly. Part yeah. of it to to serve CART but also to serve other other valuable city programs.
7: Right, right. Mm -hmm.
8: Uh And um, so, um, yeah. Go ahead.
7: Oh no, please go ahead.
8: Um, I I I guess in my I started thinking in my mind about um, I started thinking about. Anyways, sorry <laughs> when I got distracted. <laughs> There's a, a hundred things I could tell you, but let me know what what is interesting to you.
7: I mean, all of it's interesting, which I know doesn't really narrow it down too much. <laughs> um, I guess we could we could talk about like the next steps then.
8: Sure. So we have done up a press conference, and actually, if people want a little bit more detailed information about these uh, all these areas of the community plan that I've talked about. You can find a link to our our press conference on the CART website, um, but we are asking that if people are interested uh, in joining the CART effort, that they write, they contact us at CART C A R T mm-hmm. at at the Coalition of Homeless SF. That's a CART at C O H S F dot org. Um, and mentioned that you would like to join the c- the campaign, mm-hmm. um, and also for uh, for other media if they're interested, we'd be very happy to answer questions. Because right now we're we're gonna we need to. Last year, as you all remember, there was a big call to the fund SFPD, but part yes. of the problem was that there wasn't um, a project that was tangible tangible enough. For people mm-hmm. to say, this, when you defund the SFPD and these areas of work that you would like to see um, attended by another group of people, skilled people, we it, it happened so fast that there wasn't this alternative. So now we have an alternative, and mm-hmm. we need to work within the budget cycles. So we are asking people to join this effort now. Yes. And then as individuals, um, please uh, talk to your supervisors and tell them how much you support this project. I know there's a police commission meeting tonight like just hit them up and let them know that uh, there's uh, support to defund the SAPD and and support projects uh, just like cart.
7: <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. So I, I have a question. What would be what do you think are the biggest obstacles or things that folks can really focus their energy on to help get cart moving?
8: You know, I would say that it is precisely the 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 budget cycle. Nothing happens without this budget being assigned to CART. Um, but once that happens, I think there will even be a call out to, to staff it appropriately and, and and track it appropriately. We will we are suggesting in our report that we will also be um, creating a, a working group, ongoing working group with the Department of Emergency Management and the existing uh, project uh, and we'll be tracking this information and making it public. So um, I think the more we can inform people. Yes. And, but at this very moment, the more you can engage in the with your supervisors and and um, the police commission around the need to uh, divert funding away from the police to alternative responses to policing, such as CART. That's mm-hmm. the main issue right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. All
7: right. Making a note of that.
8: <laughs> Making a note. <laughs> <laughs> a
7: oh, yeah. yeah. I think it's, I mean, it's also just so helpful because I do believe that there are a lot of folks who would like to help that are just maybe unsure of how to do so. So having concrete examples of ways to go about doing that is, is very helpful.
8: Right. And again, if you belong to an organization that would like to support this uh, project, we are we are gathering up right now um, mm-hmm. to make this a very successful um first effort and there are other efforts that are going to come along um the the mayor has a working table that's also looking at other alternatives so this is our community plan this is what we would like to see happening but it is aligned and with other projects um oriented to uh developing many and several alternatives to policing that support our black and brown and indigenous communities yes yeah
7: yeah um are there other pieces of this you'd like to share or
8: Um, other topics no that's my main thing i guess i could um mention that there are other uh, this is what i was going to say there are other suggestions that we have in our report okay um, yeah so it's uh you know we are asking the police police commission um you know, fire officers one day breach time and distance policies that escalate situations and mm-hmm. we have other um, so, uh, situ- we would like to see the current response that the city has through the H Center to homelessness we would we are suggesting that they eliminate um, H sock because it all all it has created is a, is a police response alongside DPW to to encampments that has aggravated situations while diminishing the work of the outreach teams that do have for homelessness that could actually be very beneficial if they just dedicated to them, themselves to what they originally were supposed to do which was to pri- provide resources and ref- referrals no so we are um, making suggestions along the way about how how the city can improve its own program you know its own uh, programming. Mm-hmm.
7: May I ask a, a clarifying question? I heard H uh, Is that um, what is that exactly?
8: So, and that goes back to a little bit to to dispatch, no? Uh, okay. But so the city um, created a, a home. I think it's called the homeless center operating center. Um, okay, and uh, serv- sorry, homeless services operating center. And what it ha- happened is that before its creation, and um, you know, I don't know exactly the backstory, but it, it is related to the creation to the to the passing of the uh, sit lie ordinance, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which made it uh, you know an, an infraction to sit or lie on the street, mm-hmm. and so um, the the there became became a there started to be a flood of calls towards 911 around these 919 codes, which are the sitlai Ordinance, but also just a tag that was just 915 homeless people. You know, that kind of thing, homeless people. 9-15. Uh. So with the HSOC Center, what happened is that they create they, they started diverting those calls towards um, the HSOC Center directly through the 311 center. Mm -hmm. And then HSOC was supposed to provide the appropriate resources to respond to homelessness in the city. But what it has become is mostly uh, a reaction to send out uh, clearing crews from DPW, and often, no, almost always accompanied by police. And so that has actually aggravated the conditions for people who are living on the street rather than create any improvement. And it's mm-hmm. just a shuffling of people from one street over to the next without providing real solutions. So uh, that's why we're also suggesting that uh, the HSOC be eliminated. Um, yeah, and this is all related to how the 311 has been used. Um, that we're also suggesting that from now on, all these 915, 919 calls just come to cart. Like mm-hmm. So we'll deal with it. <laughs>
3: Yes. And if DPW yes.
8: has to be called called DPW, but do not with the presence of police. Never with the presence of right. police. Yes.
3: Yeah. yeah.
8: So it is. It'll take a. It'll take a village. It'll take the village of yes. and go to to to, uh, to work on this, and this is why one of the most important aspects of the project is to have um, built community strengthening, mm-hmm. computer resilience around this, so that we understand what are more appropriate responses to homelessness. And it is certainly not criminalization of somebody who's suffering from severe human rights violations, or lack yes. of housing and other ba- basic necessities. Right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah. What? Uh, let me know if something else uh, caught your attention uh, around uh, around what I've mentioned. Um, but yeah, just uh, sometimes it's important to clarify we are talking right now about only a response to to situations in the streets. Mm-hmm. Ex- um, although there are some circumstances we could see responding to in 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 shelters. Um, mm-hmm. And although we're only talking about C priority um, calls for the initial rollout, we are suggesting that we should sit down and look carefully at the content of some of these brief priority calls, which which may turn out to be a situations where bringing in a skill de-escalator um, yes. that, it, that is not from the police department could um, benefit the community. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So that's something that I think we have gotten questions on before.
7: Yeah. Uh-huh. You mentioned a few other organizations, like there's one in Portland you mentioned, uh, Cahoots, and I was curious about other, either other organizations that you're aware of, um, in addition to the ones you mentioned, and/or if there've been anything similar that had been done in the Bay Area in the past that um, we could either learn from or connect with.
8: You know, the definitely the more uh, the most important um, example is Cahoots. And we did have long conversations with them to understand what they had would have even what they would have changed starting out. And one of these things precisely was to create our own separate hotline that they have, but that they mm-hmm. really think that is important so that people truly have an alternative to calling nine one one. and also that they also, in the intake process, have a better idea of what the situation is and and if it's a good situation to which they can respond. But yeah, who's with thirty years experience? But the the truth is that uh, Denver has uh, are rolling out some programs, mm-hmm. um, uh, but it's all everything's at a very initial stage. So mm-hmm. I would say that this would be a front-running uh, effort. Yes. Um, not in terms of of course there has been efforts uh, born from the community, on- ongoing efforts mm-hmm. to. Um, not call the police.
3: Yes.
8: (laughs) Uh, And and other community responses. Um, Shout out to our friends, uh, our poverty scholars at Mm -hmm. Poor Magazine. (laughs) You know? Um, A lot from them. Exactly. And so, but I would say that that in terms of actually engaging and deviating calls away from at the point of dispatch to Mm -hmm. an alternative, these are very new programs.
7: <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a lot there and um, it's very it's feels good to have something to to hope for and to, to work towards. I think it's easy to point out what's wrong and what isn't working and then it's so much more difficult to then take the action to create the type of world that we want to live in. So it is it's inspiring to know that this is this is all happening. Mm-hmm.
8: Yeah, and I think our, our hope is that, well, this or, this effort focused around um, alternative responses to homelessness, right? Mm-hmm. Alternative to policing uh, homeless populations. But I ho- we hope that once we see that the results can be tangible, there can be other um, efforts that are similar in terms of how else to respond to situations of um you know suffering or or even conflict in the community where we don't have to call the police. And yes. again there have been many community efforts, but it's a time where you need to really stop the presence of police. You do need to engage the city.
3: Yes.
7: Yeah. Um <laughs> uh, is there anything else you'd like to share? Either well, about I-
8: cart or well, what I wanna, I guess it's um, this last thing is to really tell people that this was a very inspire, inspired and inspiring uh, effort because sometimes you engage in big coalition efforts and feel like you don't get anywhere. And this yes. was one place where people really, we started working right away and we worked with um, uh, pretty quickly and, and and also with a lot of enthusiasm Mm-hmm. Uh, very little friction. And I think it's because we've all been waiting for this to happen. So, yeah. can, yeah. so it can happen. This, these efforts um, are here to stay.
7: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's uh, one more question, I guess, would be um, any words for folks perhaps in other cities who would like to start uh, a coalition of their own or work to create this in their in their own town or city?
8: You know, our research team did so much work that isn't even reflected in our report, that I think they would be so happy to get a call.
3: <laughs> oh, sure, I'm happy able know, to be to talk
8: say, with you. say, you know, uh, hey, what else did you learn? What, what, what can you share with us? Like, yeah. like what did not make it into the report that you found really interesting? Because yeah. they, even looked, they even looked at examples in Europe, you know, that mm-hmm. um, of how, how else things are managed there where you never involve the police in many of these, in these countries and, in, in these situations. No. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah. So I I think if other if there are other cities, other groups that would like to learn more, uh, I know that there is an intention precisely to put up more information on our website than maybe be on on the report, mm-hmm. so that they can find uh, just what they're looking for. And I'm sure just like we got help from. Um, Cahoots and from other uh, other programs, we will be very happy to give it back.
7: Ah, uh, excellent. Cool. <laughs> well, thank you so much.
8: And thank you, Roman. Thank you for taking interest, and in, especially at this really key moment where we yeah. really need to launch everybody. We need everybody mm. to <laughs> to propel this project right into uh, into the the public sphere. Yes. To get, gain broad support.
7: All right. Well, thanks again so much. Thank you. So, big thanks again to uh, Adriana and all the folks at Heart. And just to play a quick uh, clarification about H. As for the Healthy
8: Streets Opera... HSOC HSOC stands for the Healthy Streets Operations Center and Initiate Operations um, and the Public was oriented to use 311 on emergency to reach HSOC uh, after January 2018.
7: Okay. Thanks. Sorry. Sometimes uh... the clarification there. And again, we'll be posting uh, more information about CART on our website at weeklyrev.org okay I'm going to take a bit of a music break here for a bit and we'll be back with some more news items and extra items that folks can take so continue listening to uh, Hylian songs uh, from uh, Calliope Wong the song is called Paper Prince <laughs> Hi and welcome back to the weekly review. We'll post a link to this music that you can purchase and also uh fifty percent of the proceeds I wanted to provide some action items. There's a lot of terrible things in this world, uh, I guess. Uh, just the the rise of fascism and the increase in violence against marginalized communities. And I wanted to share um, resources and ways that folks can help. So this is a thread from Brown, uh, Suga is the name, and it's at br0wnsga is the Twitter handle. So again, at br0 br 0 W-N-S-G-A and you can also, I've shared this on Twitter as well I'm at R-O-M-A-N-R-I-M-E-R and this person writes, all of the anti-Asian violence in the Bay is heartbreaking and disgusting I wanted to gather some resources and info as to ways to help those communities and this is a thread which is uh, by no means complete, however, it's, there's a lot of great information here that folks can help out with um, regardless of where you live and also what your means are so first is uh, a Eda Use GoFundMe, used to redistribute funds amongst orgs that support Asian communities and their safety. And um, it's a GoFundMe. And again, I'll provide a link to all of these on uh, our website, weeklyref.org. You can also sign up to accompany Asian elders while they run errands and donate supplies or community outreach. And there's a Google Form, a doc- a Google Docs form and it's called Compassion in Oakland. Volunteer sign up. Credit to Joaquin Bake. J-A-K-E-E-N-B-A-K-E via Instagram. And so if you are in the Bay Area and help out. And also this, even though this, this list is focused on the Bay Area, I would imagine that folks, if you live in a different part of the country, one can also start something in your neighborhood or city uh, similar to this as well. You can also uh, recommend it, consider donating to the Asian Pacific Environmental Network, which is donate.apen4ej.org. Um, or and or the Oakland Vietnamese Community Center. You can find them at oaklandvnchamber.com and the next message in the thread got a lot of this info from at edacyu and Bake. Uh, um, so then this person says I'm still on the hunt for more resources. All credit to them just trying to raise more awareness of how to help. thread will be continued. There's also a GoFundMe for the family of the Thai man who was killed uh, Four-year-old in San Francisco, and this was organized by Eric Lawson. There's a GoFundMe, and uh, uh, this person's name was uh, Visha Ratanapakti. He died on January thirtieth. And there's also a petition uh, to get mainstream news coverage of elderly Asian American assaults, and there's also GoFundMe for the rebuild of the Vietnamese American Community Center of the East Bay. It's a GoFundMe organized by Joanne Garcia. So we'll be uh, sharing this as well. And yes. So um, yes, we'll be sharing this right You can also just find it on Twitter. Again it was shared by at BR BR0W N S G A. Okay. Um, also, in Bay Area news, uh, there's the West Side Tenants Association in San Francisco. You can follow them on Twitter at WSTASF. And they uh, posted recently, uh, the Sheriff's Office is beginning to evict residents in San Francisco. We, the West Side Tenants Association, are organizing to support and defend each other against eviction. WSTA will mobilize participants of the Emergency Response Network, where we will prevent landlords and police from violently removing tenants from their homes. Neighbors will be trained on how to take action safely as we defend our homes amidst the pandemic. You can bring one to two friends or neighbors in the fight to protect our homes. Join here. And they provide a link at Google Doc, um, SF Eviction Defense Emergency Response Network. So um, whether or not you can show up or share on social media, uh, volunteer. I think there's a few other options as well. I'm going to click on this. Again, just to share other options. So you can be willing to share about social media. You can be willing to call your supervisor or sheriff's office uh, if public pressure is needed. You can call or text two to three neighbors when the sheriff comes. You can bring food if there's neighborhoods who are defending their home. Show up in person. Witness the sheriff carry out an eviction and help document what training is recommended. Uh, Be willing to sign up for a two to three hour shift to defend the neighbor. Uh, Potential risk of arrest uh, training is required. Uh, you can also be willing to sign up for two to three hour shifts to defend your neighbor um, but not risk a risk training also recommended and or something else um, also if you're able to communicate in other languages uh, so and then they also have trainings so um, this is the o- only way to move ahead I mean another way is to kill landlords however uh, let's just say that this is another way um and also just I mean even pre-pandemic, uh, the idea of removing people from their homes is just fucking grotesque. So I appreciate all the organizers here getting folks together. And again, uh, a, f- a good reminder is that no matter where you are and what your abilities are, uh, there are ways that one that can show up and help each other. And we'll be posting this link again on weeklyrev.org when we post the today's episode page with all of those links. Whew. Okay. Um, Also, I am going to share an upcoming event that's happening, I believe, tonight, and that's from the CIIS Public Programs. They have a lot of great public programs. This is Adrienne Marie Brown on Pleasure Activism, February 12th. That's today. Prevailing ideas around social justice activism tend to focus on doing the work, putting in long hours, and facing challenges head-on. Activism is rarely associated with personal joy and pleasure, but there can be a deep connection between activism and pleasure... Oh question, excuse me. But can there be a deep connection between activism and pleasure? How do we make social justice the most pleasurable human experience? How can we awaken within ourselves desires to make it impossible to settle for anything less than a fulfilling life? Author, black feminist, and social justice activist, Adrienne Marie Brown has been talking, writing, and celebrating the intersection of pleasure and activism since her much lauded 2019 book, Pleasure Activism, The Politics of Feeling Good. Pleasure activism is a politics of healing and happiness that explodes the dour myth that changing the world is just another form of work. Drawing on the black feminist tradition, she challenges us to rethink the ground rules of activism. Through connecting with our inner desires and needs, physical, mental, emotional, we can become better organizers, activists, and social justice workers. Join Sonia Shah, CIIS professor and restorative justice expert, and Adrian uh, for a powerful and joyful conversation exploring how to tap into the full spectrum of our sensual desires and emotional needs while organizing for justice. Whether you're a seasoned activist or new to supporting social justice movements, Adrian invites you to embrace the idea that activism can feel good. And they have a, a link where you can register. And on that right now, I'll also share this on our webpage. And again, this is from the California Institute of Integral Studies. And they have a lot of public programs that are awesome. And they used to be in person and now they're online, which is the, the benefit is that one can access that anywhere, as long as you have internet. So it's starting at 6 p.m. Pacific time tonight. Uh, it's $25 suggested donation, and I, I don't believe that uh, anyone's turned away. So again, that's happening tonight at 6 p.m., and I do believe they also tend to save these talks afterwards. So hopefully, uh, if you are l- listening to this in the future, you um, can uh, check it out again, or check it out when it happens, because it hasn't happened yet in this dimension anyway. Okay. So, I'm going to take another bit of a music break. Uh, get some more stories for you. Thanks again so much for tuning in. You listen to Mutiny Radio. There are shows here every day of the week, and if you're interested in doing a show here of your own, please do it. We need more voices out there. Go to mutinyradio.fm, get in contact with Pam about training and you have a show here of your own. Get 2 hours a week to do whatever you want, which is pretty fucking rad, and uh, support small businesses, art, local business, art. Have your have your voice out there. And uh, it's it's important that everyone has a chance to tell their stories. Okay. Here's some more music, and we will be back in a bit. Please do stay tuned. And next up, we've got some news about Boo, and this is a little over like four and a half minute video that was shared by More Perfect Union. You can follow them on Twitter at More Perfect US. The uh, caption here is Jeff Bezos Boo says he's proud of working conditions at Amazon. Workers say they're s- they are surveilled, treated like robots, and forced to work in a grueling and unsafe environment. Now these warehouse workers in Alabama are organizing to demand. This video came out on February 10th.
6: If I had the opportunity to talk to Jeff Bezos face to face, I would really want to ask him, have he ever worked in a warehouse before? Have he sweated for 10 to 12 hours a day and not being able to go to the restroom when he needed to go?
1: The issue of, um, of working conditions, I'm very proud
2: of our working conditions.
9: They got cameras. They watching us. Design.
4: It's a lot of walking, it's a lot of fast pace, it's a lot of climbing upstairs. It's just a lot for the human body.
9: It's tiring, it's consistent, it's, it's, it's fast speed, it's unsafe because you consistently working fast
6: pace, 10 hours, only, only two breaks. They're getting treated like robots and, and it's not fair because even robots break down sometimes. I have issues with ladies are uh, talking about T.O.T. time, uh, time off task, when they have to go use the restroom. When they saying that the restroom could be on the other side of the building, that they have to take their walk so far and they're timing them. And when they run out of time, people are calling me emotionally, like, Michael, I'm on last chance. They said it's extremely hot in there. They said they have had people to pass out because of the extreme hotness in there, who get doctored, I get to tie, TOT time,
9: for going to the bathroom. Who get doctored for going, going, to, going to get water if you need water, if you have to leave off your station? Go now.
4: I work on the line, I work in a decant. And I actually um, open packages and <clears throat> store them in the bin, but it's a lot of standing all day. And my day-to-day there is working so many hours without having the breaks uh, that we need is it's really strenuous on the body. I've been to the doctor several times with issues with my own body, with my legs.
9: It's unsafe because you consistently working fast-paced
6: 10 hours, only, only two breaks. Amazon will change their schedule in the middle of the night while they're sleeping they don't even know their schedule's been changed. They wake up thinking that they got an off day and they supposed to be at work at seven o'clock in the morning. One,
7: 2019.
9: confirmed cases every week it's unsafe to me because we don't know
6: who have it we don't know who we've been around who have it i have people with issues about covid 19. they haven't received a COVID pay they've been on for weeks some people are back to work and still haven't received COVID pay man this is heartbreaking a lot of people need their money they, they don't have a way to pay their bills and, they're looking for a pay that's supposed to come to them, but haven't received it yet.
3: Amazon
7: briefly instituted extra pay for workers during the pandemic, but rescinded it in June. They're
6: owned by the richest man in the world. So we know the issue cannot be that he doesn't have the money. <laughs> I feel like every employee, as well as myself,
9: deserves more due to what we do. and. And I feel like it's, it's, it's not fair.
4: Amazon says that they're there for their employees. To us, they hear our voices, but they're not responding to our voices. We
1: have very good communications with our employees. So we don't believe that we need a union to be an intermediary between us and our employees.
4: So now with us bringing in the union, we feel better that we have somebody that will sit down and talk to him about the working conditions that we're having and the dignity and respect that we're looking for.
9: We need the union at Amazon to make things better, fair. We need job security, better wages.
4: But a union represent you when you don't have the voice to represent yourself.
7: All right. My thoughts on Jeff Bezos are similar to my thoughts. The landlord I mentioned earlier. Living in a world where Jeff Bezos continues to hoard wealth and treat his employees horrifically around the world is not a world that I want to live in. And it's really hard for me not to voice my desires about what to do with Jeff Bezos. I think we can all imagine, but perhaps collectively, unlikely he will change his mind and donate his billions of dollars and make uh, Amazon a worker-owned company, which would be awesome. Put that ener- energy out there anyway. Um, and in the meantime, one can certainly support all the workers there uh, to be able to live with dignity and have all of their needs met. May those pay for his crimes? However, that turns out. I'll put that into the universe, too, because fuck him and fuck all the billionaires. Out ah, what a lovely show. Just putting it out there, because it's uh, when people are hoarding wealth, it's fucking disgusting. Okay. Next up. Ugh. That one. <laughs> Try not to, uh, you know, sometimes uh, the segues aren't as smooth as one would like to. And, oh, yes, I know what I was going to say. This is going to another, an upcoming event, which is on February 20th, and all, it's uh, together. So you can say, hey, I want to support these these workers who are looking to unionize in Alabama, and there's something that you can do. Uh, February 20th, which is next in eight days, National Day of Solidarity with Alabama Amazon Workers, including the Amazon Union. And that's, again, Saturday, February 20th from noon to 1 p.m. It is a protest. The organizer is Southern Workers' Assembly. And location details. All Amazon and Whole Foods stores in the U.S. And I I, I do have to say I'm very proud of myself. I've been so stupid. I sound so stupid. Anyway, well, no, uh, I've been uh, boycotting uh, Whole Foods for a long time now. And it's, you know, they're ubiquitous. And food is something is a necessity. So it's kind of tricky. However, um there are so many reasons to boycott Whole Foods. And, uh, that's one thing. It's like, okay, it's been a rough few years. However, I believe one can do it. Fuck Whole Foods. Okay. So February 20th, National Day of Solidarity with Alabama Amazon Workers Building the Amazon Union, Southern Workers Assembly Protest. Okay. Okay. So da da this came out on February 9th. February 20th. Let's get to the details here. National Day of Solidarity with Alabama Amazon Workers Building The Amazon union with retail, wholesale, and department store union, RWDSU. Find an action near you at southernworker.org forward slash Amazon. You can email info at uh, southernworker.org to list one. Now is the time to mobilize solidarity with this heroic struggle. Hashtag union yes. Hashtag organize the South. February 20th, National Day of Solidarity with Alabama Amazon workers. And I'll include this image on our webpage as well with more information. So again, uh, February 20th, let's do it. All right, I'm going to take a bit of a music break once more, get together some more info, and we'll be back. This next song is called Flower Gray. Hey. Next up is a thread on Twitter by at Many of you have asked, how is all of this destruction happening for the border wall when we have laws protecting these places? Well, because of the dictatorial power granted by a small section of the Real ID Act, at DHS Gov has waived over 80 laws on the border. The Act of By waiving every relevant law that protects the environment, culture, archaeology, people, and species of the border, DHS Gov has willfully destroyed sacred sites, bulldozed zag- saguaros, militarized public lands, and severed critical habitat for endangered species with impunity. Among the list of waived laws, the American Indian Religious Freedom Act, National Environmental Policy Act, Endangered Species Act, Native American Graves Protection and Repatriation Act, Clean Air Act, Clean Water Act, Archaeological and Historical Preservation Act, and 77 more. Holy crap. If these laws were allowed to do what they were created to do, what previous generations intended them to do, protect us, there isn't a chance this massive, murderous $15 billion taxpayer funded public project would have ever, ever, ever happened. Period. And if you're ever curious why indigenous tribes and communities on the border are so upset, why we have to fight this hard and this tirelessly, it's because the people of the border do not have the same rights, laws, and protections granted to the rest of the So thank you to uh, Maxi Adler for uh, sharing this. And we'll also provide a link to this uh, thread on our page, weeklyrev.org. And I'm also going to share the uh, uh, video that's on Maxi Adler's page as well. It is uh, that uh, Maxi says I spent so much of this year weaving together forgotten dreams of migrants pushed into remote deserts by deadly U.S. border policies. Last week, piece wall to honor the thousands of lives stolen. We'll never forget you. We'll never stop Piece that I've been
3: weaving.
10: With clothing and objects and fabric that's been left behind in the desert from people trying to cross. It's structures like these, like the one behind me, that have pushed thousands of people to their deaths. Over 8,000 bodies have been found in the borderlands in these beautiful deserts and we haven't done a single thing to collectively mourn that to grieve that to process the loss that the borderlands has seen the loss of human life the loss of, species, the loss of families Loss of Childhood, and I started this project because I didn't even know how to process any of that. I didn't know what to do, and I just thought I could spend some time using what was left behind to help start weaving some compassion into this place.
7: uh, News items, Then we are Jewish action. Action. Mark your calendar for We Rise, Building an Anti-Racist Jewish Community, presented by the synagogue. Hear from at uh, Yavila, which is at Y-A-V-I-A-H, and Black, Indigenous, and POC leaders about how to create Jewish communities that center JOC and dismantle white supremacy. Well, again, February 21st at 4 p.m. Pacific time. Also, uh, I wanted to share last week and did not quite get to is it for anyone uh, needing or wanting info on the general strike in Haiti. Elsewhere, when it is elsewhere it's often for Europe and uh, so this is from at uh, communist hug which is perhaps the cutest handle I've ever heard of I uh, follow them on Twitter and this was shared on February 3rd so it's a little bit so this is from a few days ago weeks ago days ago nine days ago and uh, I wanted to share that with you all here it's about 49 seconds
4: Haiti labor unions and social movements launched the general strike this Monday against the ongoing insecurity in the country while demanding the resignation of President Jovenel Moïse. Groups of workers started the strike action with various street mobilizations in Port-au-Prince to reject the high levels of violence affecting the population. Unions have denounced that the policies implemented by the government of Moïse directly affects the salaries. While rejecting the constitutional reform, the government is pushing, stressing, that it does not benefit workers. Meanwhile, social and political movements opposed to the current government also joined the strike action, rejecting the reform of the Constitution, which they denounced was a move solely aimed at securing Moises' continuity in power.
7: So that's a video here from Telesor. And I believe there was a video that was earlier uh, today. This is um minute forty-two seconds, shared by Madame Justice for Haiti at M A D A N B O U K M A N shared 17 hours ago. Protesters in Bonnet, uh, Haiti, many of them armed, demanding the US UN OAS puppet dictator transfer power uh to the new interim president, Joseph Jean-Louis. They can confirm 1,000% Haitians will not give up. Quote, if they shoot us, we will shoot back. So here's some audio from this video.